men in the house today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I just got an update. Brother John Henry uh, gave me some very pertinent information. If you have not done your taxes yet, uh, there is a place on 10B. Whether you take the standard deduction or you do itemized, that on line 10B, you can take an additional $300 uh, off uh, for charitable giving. So be sure... Uh, listen, any any tax breaker deduction they want to give, we need to take advantage of. Amen. So be sure if you do if you do your own taxes or if you have someone do it, ask them about that. Uh, what's the three extra three hundred dollars uh, that I can take off this year? And uh, so be a blessing. Can I get a big amen? Well, today I want to talk to you about the power of vision. You know uh, when when you have glasses. They, they, they call it the, your, your, your prescription is what, what power is it? It magnifies. Some of you don't know, know what it's like to not be able to see. You're young, got good vision. <laughs> but, you know, one day you too will pick up something to read and you'll start going, huh. And you'll have to have something to magnify your vision. Today, I want to magnify your vision with the Word of God. Today, I want you to begin to see a different way. I want you to take a look. Everybody say, take a look. And I want you to see clearly. And if you will take this little vision test, if you will get this vision, if you'll be able to look these three ways, you know, you go to the eye doctor... Uh, I just got a card in the mail saying it's time to, for a new appointment to go and see, is this good enough or I do, do I need to, a little more magnification? Uh, you know, and the doctor says, do you, do you like A or B? Do you like one or two? And, and you, you go back and forth. Today, I want us to look in the Word of God and I want us to look at three different visions that we need to have today. And if we will get these three visions, I promise you, your life will see clearly. You will be happier. You'll be more successful. You will be blessed. How many wants that? Amen. Well, uh, well, let's talk about football just a little bit. How many likes football? All right. Now, y'all know Super Bowl Sunday is coming up next week. All right. Uh, yes, we're having church. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, the uh, poor, you know, Tom Brady, he got older and he passed away. And he got to heaven. And, uh, man, the Lord showed him around. And then he showed him to his mansion. It was beautiful. It was a big two-story. I mean, he had Tom Brady memorabilia all over. He had flags. I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, he had, you know, all the teams that he played for and all of his successes. And, man, he was happy. Then he was looking on around heaven, and he came up to this magnificent mansion, multi-story. I mean, there was Kansas City Chiefs flags flying. There was Minerbilia. There was, you know, Patrick Mahomes' number. It was decked out. Tom said, Lord, I'm not complaining, but... Why does Patrick Mahomes 
get a bigger house than me. And the Lord said, oh, that, that's not Patrick's house. That's my house. Well, I'm not saying the Lord's a KC fan, but, but I am. We're going to support our local boys, so uh, we're, we're, we're proud. We'll, it, it'll be good. But I want to talk to you today about the Cowboys. Let's talk to you about the Cowboys in 1993. They're getting ready for the Super Bowl. They're getting ready to play the game, and Coach Jimmy Johnson comes in. And this is what he tells his players. He said, if I laid a two-by-four across the floor, everybody would walk across it and not fail. Because our focus would be on walking the length of the board. But if I put the same board ten stories high between two buildings, only a few of you would make it. Because your focus would be on falling, on failing. Johnson told his players that day, I want you to not focus on the crowd, on the media, on the possibility of falling. Do not focus on each other, focus on each play of the game as if it were just a practice. The Cowboys won the game 52-7. to When you go into a game, when you go into life, when you have a vision of success and you're not focused on failing or what if, you, you go in with the attitude, I can win. Your success is going to be much better. Now, somebody needs to send this story to the coach next season. Tell, him, tell it again. Tell it again. Let's talk today uh, about the power of vision. Can I get an amen? We want to have vision this morning. Even Miss Amy, uh, I don't have my Bible. It's bad to come to the pulpit without your Bible. Don't just, just turn on your phone to Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 1. Uh, as we talk about vision today, I, I want you to have clarity. I want you to know that uh, what vision is. The, the Webster's Dictionary says that vision is the power of sight. The ability... To see. Or it's a supernatural appearance. You see, the, the power of sight is very powerful. We're able to see all the wonderful things that God does and God creates and God performs. But if you do not have vision, I've got a cup. Yeah. I do. Oh no, it's right there. I don't have a Bible or water. If I'd have had a little more vision, I'd have saw that. I, my daddy used to tell me, when he'd, he'd preach a message, and after church, he'd say, Son, I needed a little bit more about what I was talking about. <laughs> so I need a little bit more vision. Put my glasses on, that's much better. 
But the vision, the ability to see, the, the ability to have insight, to, to be able to see all that God is doing and what He's done and what He wants to do. But in the Greek and the Hebrew, the, the, the word vision, it takes on a whole other meaning. For the prophet, for those that could see and have vision, the purpose of vision was to give guidance and direction for God's people. Listen, I want you to be able to see, but I don't want you to just to be able to see what the world's doing, what the devil's doing, what other people are doing. I want you to have vision so you can see what God is doing. I want you to be able to see what God is doing in your life. What God wants to do in your family. What God wants to do in your business. What He wants to do in your health. What He wants to do in your mind. I want you to be able to see what God is up to. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen said, Where there's no vision, the people perish. What's that word mean? It means to ruin or to spoil. Listen, if you and I, if we don't know where we're going, if we don't have some insight, if we don't have some direction, if we don't have a purpose and a plan, and we know how to execute it, then we are going to come to ruin. Because you cannot just stand still and expect things to happen, to come to you. you got to go to it. We've got to press forward. We've got to run on. But it's good when you're running on, if you're running on in the right direction. And that takes vision. If you don't know where you're going, you have no outlook for your life. If we're not hungry for more of God, if we don't want to see, if we don't want to know, then we're going to come to ruin. But there's three visions today that I want to talk about. That if we will get these insights, if we'll begin to get them in our heart, if we'll begin to listen to the words of Isaiah. We're in Isaiah chapter 6, and uh, we're going to start reading in verse 1 in just a moment. But here we have Isaiah. He's a prophet under King Uzziah. And King Uzziah... (laughs) Uh, his, his throne is longer than some of the other kings of that time. He's a, a godly king, but like a lot of people, he sinned. God struck him with leprosy and he was forced to live away from everybody and he repented. God restored him and he was a godly king unto his death. And here we have Isaiah since a childhood, he's been taught the right laws and the rituals. He knew what all to do. He was a good man. A prophet. But I'm going to tell you something. You, you, can be, you can be a good person. You can, you can have all those things. But if you don't have vision, you're not going to succeed the way God wants you to. And so let's pick up this, uh, this chapter here. Well, I'm going to need your face. Thank you very much. My wife is so powerful, all it takes is a look. (laughs) It was in the year King Uzziah died. 
that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne. And the train of His robe filled the temple. Attending Him were mighty seraphim. Each having six wings. Two wings they covered their faces. Two wings they covered their feet. And with two they flew. They were calling out to each other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations. And the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. (laughs) Have you ever felt like that? It's all over. He said, we're doomed. I'm doomed. For I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. And I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet, I have seen the King. The Lord of heaven's armies. Then... One of the seraphim flew to me, took a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips and with it said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to my people? Who will go for us? I said, Here am I. Send me. I want us today to get from the point of Woe is me, I'm unclean, to here am I, send me. To get from point A to point C. So you look at these three visions today. There's some challenges, there's some things to see and it'll stir up our heart. So the first thing that we've got to have when we're talking about vision, is an upward vision. Everybody say upward. You see, the upward vision is the most powerful. It's where you see the Lord. You see His holiness. You see His glory. You see His throne and His power. So many times, the first thing we look at is the world, the circumstance, the situation, the sickness, the disease, the poverty. We look at those things and we are hopeless. The very first vision that you and I need is an upward vision. So today, I want us all, we're all looking forward. I want everybody in unison to just roll your neck and let's look up. Does anybody see me? Good, because if you do, you look in the wrong way. All right, you can come back to me now. An upward vision. As we begin to understand that God is on the throne. 
He is the one, amen, that, that gives us vision. He is the powerful and the holy. He is the one that lifts up and puts down. As we begin to see his glory and see his holiness and see his power, I love this. You know, they, they say uh, the, the kings, the more power they had, the longer their robe was. And if you notice here, when Isaiah sees the Lord, his train fills the whole temple. That's how big he is. That's how powerful he is. His robe fills and it opens our heart and we begin to see the Lord. And we begin to, as we look up and we see his power and his glory, everything else just fades away. When we get an upward vision, it makes us see the good. It makes us see the hope. It makes us see the future. Gives us faith. And then we hear the sound. Of the angels. And they're saying. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. What are we going to do? Is that what they're saying in heaven? No. That's what you hear on earth. That's what you hear when you turn the TV on. That's what you hear when you read the newspaper. Or you see. When you watch, you see people going, what are we going to do? Oh, no, it's bad. It's this. No, 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 no. When you look up, when you have an upward vision, you hear, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He changes not. His power doesn't change with administrations. His power doesn't change on every birthday you have. His power doesn't change according to your checkbook. Amen. His power, amen, is great and mighty. His glory fills the temple. And if we'll just look up, we'll see a new hope. New vision, new power. And we begin to understand as the angels begin to sing holy, holy. The, it said the sound of their voice actually shook the foundations. There's a lot of foundation shaking today. A lot of people's ground is shaking. Their faith is shaking. Their hope is shaking. Amen. They're shaking in their boots, quaking, knees knocking. But I'm telling you, when the angels begin to sing and worship, the earth shakes. Foundations shake. Faith breaks loose. What's shaking you? Faith or fear? As we begin to look up, as we begin to see God on high, lifted up, knowing that He's holy and He's powerful and He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above us, can offer more for that I can think, more that I can comprehend. He's still able to heal. He's still able to save. He's still able to deliver. He has not forgotten us. He has not left us. He is still on the throne. When you get an upward vision, it'll change your life. If you only look this way and this way, your vision's going to be distorted. It's going to be clouded. If you listen to what people are saying, I tell you, it's time, church, that we look up and get an upward vision that we see Him in all of His power and all of His glory. He's no longer hanging on a cross. He is no longer in a grave. But He is high and lifted up, seated at the right hand of the Father. He is all-powerful. And He's coming. And when we get an upward vision, 
It'll cause us to have an inward vision. There's a lot of people that get an upward vision and immediately go to an outward vision. I see the holiness of God and I see the unholiness of you. There's a bunch of wretched people in this world. There's a bunch of sinners. All bunch of losers all going to hell, bless God. That's because you looked up and got a glimpse of His holiness and then you looked out and compared everybody else to Him and sure enough, compared to Him, they're unholy. But I'm here to tell you this morning, before you can take an outward look, you've got to take an inward look. Because your inward look is going to change your outward look. So Isaiah looks up, sees the Lord high and lifted up. His train fills the temple. He sees His glory and immediately he looks inward and says, I am a man of unclean lips. I'm unworthy. I'm unholy. I'm sinful. I'm wretched. I'm no better than anybody else. You can't judge somebody else until you've judged yourself. Before you start trying to get the speck out of somebody else's eye, you better get the big log out of your own. An inward look will check attitude. It'll check your way of thinking. It'll check your lifestyle. It'll check even where your priorities are. It'll check the way you think and the way you talk and the way you act. When you look up and you see a loving, merciful God that gave His only Son and Jesus who died on the cross, amen, we feel the weight of our sin and we're saying, I'm unworthy. I'm not worthy, amen, to do anything. I'm not worthy, amen, to serve. I'm not worthy to love. I'm not worthy to go to heaven. And the Lord says, you're right. But as you begin to look inward, Isaiah said an angel went on the altar of sacrifice and took a coal. He took the fire. Everybody say the fire. Oh, we talk about fires in a lot of ways. But let me talk to you just a moment about good fire. We talk about sometimes in hell. All the hell fires are burning. People's going to burn. Listen, I'm talking about a good fire, a revival fire, a cleansing fire, a purging fire. Amen. A fresh fire. Amen. That God, amen, wants to envelop us with that will burn away all of the impurities and make you like Him. It's the fire that when Elijah prayed, fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. It's the fire, amen, that Moses experienced, amen, there at the burning bush. It's the fire, amen, that blocked the path between the Egyptians and the Israelites. I'm telling you, it's a fire that'll burn inside of you, amen, like the day of Pentecost, amen, they're set upon each of them cloven tongues of fire and they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
fire of God, the purging fire of God, amen, touches our lips. The angel took the coal and he came and he touched his lips because his lips were unclean and unpure. They've been saying the wrong things, declaring the wrong things, prophesying. Amen, if we prophesy doom and gloom and curse and hate, I'm telling you it's time, amen, to get God to purge our lips, amen, so we can declare, thus saith the Lord. touched his lips and it didn't just clean his lips it purged him it washed him it cleansed him he said now your sins are forgiven how many wants your sins forgiven how many wants everything you've said done acted even be washed away I got a sermon stirring in my heart uh, for Easter oh it's going to be good But I'm telling you this morning, amen, that God, amen, wants to cleanse us with the power. But it doesn't happen until you look up and see His holiness. And you look inward and see your unholiness. And you cry out, I'm unclean. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among the people that are unclean. That angel touched his lips purged him. The fire of God burned through him. His sins were forgiven. Addictions healed and delivered. His mind changed. His spirit changed. His life changed. You know you've had an inward vision when you begin to realize that you're no different than anyone else. When you realize that the drug dealer and the murderer and the prostitute can be saved Just as well as you can. That they're just in need of mercy just like you were in need of mercy. You stop judging, criticizing, condemning. And you start looking differently. Because when you've looked up and you've looked in. Amen. You realize how you need to look out. And that leads us to our last point today. An outward vision. Whom... Shall I send? There's a world, there's a nation, there's people that need Jesus. There's a world lost and dying and going to hell. Trouble's coming. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Jesus is coming. What will we have to endure between then and now? I don't know. But I know we need to get ready. And the first thing we need to do is not look out, but is look up. When you see all of these things, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And we get a new vision of His holiness. A new vision of His power. A new vision of His grace. And then we look inward and we get a new vision and a purpose of His salvation. And we realize what He's done for me. And then we want other people To experience the same. We can't imagine one of our family members dying and going to hell. We can't fathom a child dying and going to hell. A grandchild, a spouse, a neighbor, a friend. Or anyone in the world dying without Jesus. And the word comes. Who's going to go? Who's going to be my ambassador? Who is going to share my love with the world? Who is going to reach out with a loving hand and feed the hungry? 
and bless the poor and visit the shut-ins and go to the prisons and visit the sick. Who's going to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? Who is going to cast out devils? Who is going to do my work on the earth? And before we looked around and said, bunch of losers need to go to hell. Oh God, when are you going to judge them? But then we looked up and we saw the awesome power and the glory of God. And we looked inward and we saw our sin and our filth and our wretchedness. And we repented and He forgave us. And then we look out at a world that is dying and our heart is broken with compassion. And we, just like Isaiah, say, Lord, here am I. Send me. If you're sitting out there today, if you're watching at home today, and you're saying, send the preacher, send the evangelist, send the missionary, you haven't taken an upward look and an inward look. Because when you do, you're going to change your terminology. And you're going to realize... I cannot reach everybody you know. I can't go to your job. I can't go to your school. I can't go to your neighbor. I can't reach the people you can reach. You have got to come to the point to where you say, Here am I. Send me to my family. Send me to my neighborhood. Send me to my world. And then the Lord will anoint you to go. He'll give you the opportunity to speak. He'll give you the power to do what He's called you to do. Vision. The power of vision. Matthew 15, 32 says, don't send them away. Don't send them away. So many churches are sending people away. So many people see people in need and they send them away. They Well, what can I do? They send away the hungry and the broken and the hurting. But when you have a vision outward that's like Christ, you receive the great commission. Go ye. Everybody say ye. ye. Means me. When you take the great commission personal, and you say, Lord, I've seen your glory. I've seen my wretchedness. I've been touched by your grace and your mercy. Your fire has cleansed my lips and healed, restored, and forgiven me. Now I'm ready to go to the world. I'm ready to love. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to give. I'm ready to be your servant. Here am I. Send me. Amen. Whom shall I send? Who will care? Can you say this morning with me, send me? Send me? Here am I. Send me. What is the, what is the vision of the Lord's house? If you've not been around, if you haven't read on the back wall, if you haven't heard me say it, here is the vision of the Lord's house. Reach. Restore. Train. And sin. You see, our vision, oh, first of all, we know we got to look up because He's the one that's in the control of the house. This is the Lord's house. 
Who's in control of the Lord's house? The Lord. That's right. Sometimes a bill comes due, and I go, Lord, your name's on the sign. <laughs> and you know what? You're going to see in just here in just a minute, he's taking care of it. And then we want to reach people with the gospel and love on them. Then we want to restore them to their place in their relationship with God. And then we want to train them uh, to look up and to look in and to look out. And then we want to send them. I'm looking for people that will say, here am I, send me. You usually give, ask somebody to volunteer. Man, they, they want to know for what first. I can remember we were on a mission trip, had all the teenagers, Pastor Marcello, and uh, we had all these teenagers, and I, we, we were staying at the Navajo Nation, and there was no running water. And, I mean, it was, it was a great week, and uh, we got ready to leave, and I got them all up, and I said, does anybody have a driver's license? Does anybody know how to drive? Woo, all the older teenagers, I do, I do, let me do it, I want to do it. I said, okay. Good deal. Take this wheelbarrow and go over there and clean that outhouse. See, if I'd have said, who wants to clean the outhouse, you wouldn't have got any volunteers. We only like to volunteer for things we like. Amen? Whew. I remember that. You remember that trip? It was freezing cold. I mean, we were there. And, and listen, Brother Sonny Carson, he built a fancy two-holer. Okay? So it was a little, a little outhouse, had a partition in the middle, and had a hole on each side. Women's side, men's side. What you didn't know is when you went in there, you're sitting there, and somebody opens the door on the other side, that below freezing temperature went in that hole and up the other one. <laughs> Woo! Jesus. Listen, you waited until there was no more waiting before you went in there. Aren't you? Listen, we had kids that year come home and they said, Pastor, we went home and flushed the toilet just to see it. <laughs> you don't know what you miss until you don't have it anymore. Amen? Listen, today I want us to have an upward vision. All right, you ready? Let's look up. Father, give us an upward vision. Let us see you and your power and your glory and your holiness. You're awesome, you're mighty. Now, Lord, come on, just, just, just put your head down, but now close your eyes. Lord, t now we're looking inward. Search me, O God, and know my heart. I'm a wretched man. I'm a man of flesh and sin. And, Father, I've made failures and mistakes, and I'm not worthy. But your grace, your mercy, take a coal of fire from off of that altar. Holy Spirit, touch my lips today with the fire, with the grace, with the mercy, with the compassion of God. And cleanse my lips and purge my sins and forgive me of every thought and word and deed. Forgive my sins. I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me. And now, Lord... I've been cleansed by your blood, purged by your fire. And now, Lord, I see myself not as better, but I see myself as being helped and have grace and mercy. Now, Lord, I have to look outward. Everybody open your eyes and just look around. See all those people around you? 
They need mercy. They need grace. They need love. They need help. They need healing. I'm telling you, when you leave here today, don't look at anybody else. Don't you drive past somebody on the street and go, look at that bum. I want you to go by and look. Look at that person Jesus loves that's having a tough time. Lord, help them. I'm going to tell you something. Me and Pastor Marcel, we just passed this guy getting stopped by the police. People laugh. <laughs> look at him. You know what I said? I passed, and I said, Lord, let him have mercy on him. I'm going to tell you something. I've had those blue lights behind me too many times. And you know what I wish? I wish somebody, instead of going by laughing, would go by and say, Lord, let him, let him have mercy. Come on, stop judging people. And start loving people. Start loving your family. Stop looking at where they're at and look at where they, where they need to go. And say, Lord, help me be. The help. <laughs> the vehicle. There you go. Help me be the vehicle to get them from where they're at to where they need to be. Don't let me kick them when they're down. Don't let me bypass them. Lord, I've looked up. I've looked in. And now I'm looking out with new vision. I'm loving. I'm serving. And I'm saying, here am I. Send me. Can I get a big amen? Give Jesus a big hand clap today. If you're in this building... Or you're watching online and you say, Pastor, I've taken a look upward. And I know how holy and pure God is. But when I look inside my life, I'm wretched. I'm lost. I'm a sinner. I need mercy. I need forgiveness. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus died on the cross for you. But He didn't stay dead. He rose again. And He's coming again. And He wants you to live forever with Him in heaven. He wants to give you eternal life. As you take that look inward. Come on, don't be discouraged. Don't be hopeless. We look inward to see where we need help. And I'm telling you today, Jesus wants to help you. If you're here in the building or you're watching, would you pray with me? If you need His mercy, His forgiveness, if you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, pray with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I've seen your holiness, your power, your grace. I've looked inward. I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell, but I don't want to go. You died on the cross for my sins to give me eternal life. So I don't have to go to hell. But I can spend eternity in heaven with you. Jesus, today, I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Touch my lips with your holy fire. And cleanse my entire being. I give you my heart, my life my talents, my abilities. Today, I surrender my life to Christ. I'm yours right now. 
I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. Now I'm going to look outward. And I'm going to reach out to those around me. With the love of God. In Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer at home or in this building. You know what? You're a candidate for water baptism. Water baptism is the next step. It's a public confession. What Jesus has done in your life. Next Sunday, you want to come be baptized? Come on. Bring your son a change of clothes, a dark change of clothes. Come be baptized. If you're here today, you want to be baptized, you haven't signed up yet, please do that so we can fill out the baptism certificates. We'll have a wonderful, wonderful time. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week.